Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. Hello, everybody. Happy March 1st. It's a Friday, baby. It's the Morning Rush. I got all your content in one place. And we are coming in blazing hot today with so much tea. Vanderpump Rules news as we have Vanderpump Rules star Rachel Levis suing Tom Sandoval and Ariana for revenge porn. Absolutely wild. Also, it's deposition day, baby. I've spoken with experts in the Clayton Eckerd v. Jane Doe case where Clayton's trying to prove non-paternity. Today is the day where Jane Doe is scheduled, if not demanded, to show up to what I believe to be is Clayton's lawyers. I don't know. Maybe they're doing it somewhere else. Maybe they're at a Ramada Inn somewhere at a conference hall. They're going to get the coffee out. Maybe they're going to get some pastries. Uh, Maybe they'll have a little, you know, an extra chair there where she can put her prosthetic belly. I mean, they're going to go all out for her. The question is, will Jane show up. Uh, the d- deposition is scheduled for 8 a.m. Uh, Arizona time, which I believe is 9 a.m. Central, where I am. We will be going live on Patreon to await the news on whether or not she's going there. This is like Groundhog's Day. Will Pucks Donnelly Phil see his shadow? Will Jane Doe tell the truth? We're going to find out. Um, I've been told it's a 50-50 toss-up. So if you want to be live with us as we await that reaction, that'll be on Patreon at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Again, that'll be at 8.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. That means 9.30 a.m. East Coast time. Maybe you're hungover, mailing it in at work. Hey, it's Friday. We should be on a four-day work week. You're basically doing charity work for even showing up today. So tell your boss to cut you some slack. If they say, oh, why aren't you working that hard today? I tell you what, I'll give you a permission slip just to tell them to chill the F out because it's deposition day. Uh, speaking of the merits of the law, let's get into this Vanderpump rule story. The news broke literally minutes after after we released yesterday's afternoon rush hour. But uh, Raquel Levis, Rachel Levis, is suing Tom and Ariana. And, you know, Tom and Ariana are worth quite a bit of money. You know, they might pretend like they can't foot the bill for their home, but we know Ariana is certainly worth money, even though plaintiff Rachel Levis did the 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 worst thing you can do to a friend, banged her longtime boyfriend. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that Ariana won't be liable for... Possible revenge porn. I'm just going to read a little bit from this preliminary statement. Plaintiff Rachel Levis, uh, by and through her counsel, complains against defendants Thomas Sandoval and Ariana Maddox. And does, um, let's see, uh, Plaintiff Rachel is a former cast member of Vanderpump Rules, a reality television show produced by Evolution Media and, bro- and broadcast by Bravo Media, an asset of NBC Universal. This case arises from a scandal of epic proportions starting in March 2023, stemming from an affair between Levis and another cast member, Tom Sandoval. Scandoval, in quotes, as it came to be known, went instantly viral and was the subject of extraordinary press coverage, even in the mainstream media. Uh, 
Scandoval injected new life into a previously faltering series, causing its viewership to explode to unseen levels and making its cast members mega celebrities. Due to a narrative deliberately uh, fomented by Bravo Evolution in the cast, Rachel Levis became an object of public scorn and ridicule. To be clear, Rachel has repeatedly acknowledged that her actions were morally objectionable and hurtful to Ariana. She has offered numerous apologies. There is more to the story, however. Lost in the mix was that Rachel was a victim of the predatory and dishonest behavior of an older man who recorded sexually explicit videos of her without her knowledge or consent, which were then distributed, disseminated, and discussed publicly by a scorned woman seeking revenge, catalyzing the scandal. Rachel ultimately checked herself into a mental health facility and remained there for three months while Bravo Evolution in the cast milked the interest her excoriating had peaked. To make matters worse, Rachel was misled by Bravo into believing that she was contractually barred from speaking out about her mistreatment. As a result, she suffered in silence as Bravo watched viewership explode and the rest of the cast enjoyed unseen levels of public recognition and professional opportunity. Meanwhile, Rachel, who was humiliated and villainized for public consumption, remains a shell of her former self with her career prospects stunted and her reputation in tatters. The California Superior Court also has jurisdiction over defendants because they are persons, corporations, and or entities with sufficient minimum contacts in California or citizens of California and or otherwise intentionally avail themselves of the California market so as to render the exercise of jurisdiction over them by the California courts consistent with traditional notions of fair play and substantial justice. All right, so that's their argument that they have a right to be pursuing this within California. Cha-ching! Hey, regardless of what you think about Rachel, she's about to get paid. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I mean, we know for a fact that Ariana saw the video that Tom, and again, it's all Tom's fault, right? Tom apparently had saved a video without Ariana's consent of her in a FaceTime, you know, uh, a, a diddle-daddle, uh, if you will, the uh, the old self-inflicted variety. And Ariana, I guess, shared that with people. Now, Ariana could argue she didn't share it publicly. Maybe that's what they could argue. The case centers on Vanderpump, a reality show. So then it gets into the general allegations and exactly what went down. It's a relatively, you know, substantial 16-page document. I will be covering this on the YouTube today as I believe this is well worth public interest. I don't know what you guys think. Very wild stuff. Along with Vanderpump, we've also got several Bachelor stories to get to involving Joey as he leads a really great season. It's going really well for him. He's just crushing it on his Instagram, getting a bunch of followers. So we're going to cover exactly what had to be said there. Also, some paradise, some paradise news, and we'll get into more Justin Bieber and some other entertainment news stories all that and more coming up next, right after this. Congratulations are in order to a proud member of our Patreon. Uh, she goes by the name of Cam, and we've known for the last few days as we've covered content in the Bachelor world on the Patreon private membership community that Cam has been in labor. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have a proud update to share with you guys today. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for some good Friday news? Let's get the breaking news button. Ladies and gentlemen, Cam has delivered 
a healthy baby. This is what she posted just moments ago. She said, I'm going to try to make it, that being to this morning's de- uh, deposition live stream on patreon.com slash Dave Neal. She said, but we'll see what my, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I said a boy. It's a daughter. She said, we'll see what my daughter decides. I had her this morning via cesarean section since my induction failed. Found out it failed because she was, get this, 10 pounds, four ounces. Congrats to Cam, your family, and your healthy baby daughter. So good to hear that we've got a Patreon family growing in our community. Uh, It's a baby boom out there, folks, and um, couldn't be more happy for you. All right, in Bachelor news, uh, we've got Joey on Bachelor Happy Hour. He actually shared a nice heartwarming story about uh, his dad coming out of the closet might be not be familiar with the story. They shared it on Charity Season of The Bachelorette. Let's jump into that. Have a listen. This is from Bachelor Nation's YouTube page, The Bachelor Happy Hour Podcast. That day, you, you get a chance to open up um, and you talk about your parents' divorce and your dad coming out. Was that something um, you were cautious of bringing up too early on? Like, what was your thought process going in? Yeah, I think you have to think through that, right? Because that's something that's serious, uh, but it's important when you talk about your life and I had a conversation with my dad before going on the show and I wanted to make sure he was okay with me staring, sharing his story because it's, it's something that's affected me, but it's really his life. So I had that conversation with him. Uh, he was comfortable and he trusted me on how I would at least carry myself and talk about it. That would be done in the right light. Um, and you never know on the show when you get your moment to share something personal. So, uh, I, it was a mix of, I felt so comfortable with Charity to talk to her about it, but also I didn't know when I would get another time like this that would I, I would have that uninterrupted time to do it correctly because it was something that was really important to me. And I, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't something that you talk about and then a guy comes to interrupt you when you really didn't get a chance to speak too much. So it probably wouldn't have been something I would love to just do right off the jump, but on this opportunity, you just you can't, you can't waste it. And it was something that was really important to me. So I, I didn't want to shy away from it. And we love the more we learn about Joey and his season. He actually posted a TikTok video where he shared that he's, uh, his yellow eyes, it's called the Gilbert syndrome. Have a listen. Hi, everyone. I hope you are having a beautiful day. Uh, I we, want to jump on really now. quick and talk about something that I am seeing a lot of comments about, which is Joey's yellow eyes. So to give some context on that, I have to go all the way back to when I was in high school. Uh, I was sick for about a week and a half, and my mom thought it'd be a good idea to go to the doctor. When I went to the doctor, I had blood work done, and the blood work showed that my bilirubin count was very high. That means that there could be something that was wrong with my liver. So we went, and I got a liver ultrasound. I went to other doctors. They found out that there was nothing that was necessarily wrong, like hepatitis, but they diagnosed me with something called Gilbert syndrome. It looks like Gilbert syndrome. Gilbert. Uh, At the end of the day, I am told that I am healthy. It's something that does affect the whites of my eyes. Uh, It makes it have those jaundice levels, which is why they look a little bit more yellow. Don't you hate this? I mean, the guy literally gets sick and gets better looking because of it. Last time I got sick, I had rashes, I looked ugly, I had snots. He gets Gilbert syndrome, and his eyes become a beautiful yellow. Uh, You hate to see it, but it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. In another Paradise News, Bachelor's Mari Pepin shares she knew Kenny was the one 
before Bachelor in Paradise. Well, that's very interesting. She opened up about how she knew Kenny was the one. Well, I mean, did you look at his abs? We all thought Kenny was. The, we were like, yeah, I think I think I'm into Kenny. <laughs> He's a good looking guy. Her experience breaking the engagement news to her parents and what it's like navigating a relationship with a drastic 15 year age difference. Kenny, 42, and Mari, 27, met on The Bachelor. We know all that. So anyway, they cover the story. Uh, she explained, I had gone into Paradise knowing I was most interested in meeting Kenny. He was kind of the person I was most serious about getting to know and potentially getting engaged to. My mom knew this. I actually showered her, showed her his Instagram before I left and said, this is the guy that I'm into. While the news she was engaged to Kenny didn't completely come as a surprise to her family, Mari was more than relieved at the positive reaction her parents had to the news. Speaking on breaking the engagement news to her mother, Mari said she was like, okay, well, if you're happy, you know that that's the person you said you were interested in. So I'm glad it worked. Yeah, I mean, so often when you think you're going to like someone based on visuals and how they look on TV, more often than not, not they turn out to be a giant turd, right? But good news for her that her and Kenny are happy together. And speaking of other couples that uh, are in the limelight that may or may not be happy, I really don't know. Haley Bieber and Justin Bieber are back in the news. Yesterday we reported it was a very bizarre request by Haley's dad, one of the Baldwin bros, uh, that was a prayer request. Well, According to this source, Haley Bieber's not happy with dad's prayer request in a very private matter. Sources with direct knowledge tell TMZ that Stephen's plea for guidance and well wishes towards his daughter and son-in-law did not just come out of nowhere and was related to something specific that's going on with the young couple. Um, and I guess, so Haley's father uh, asked the public for prayers, and as it turns out, Haley's pissed. That's all they say. They don't have any quotes as to why she's pissed or what's going on, but it's like, come on. It's like, you know how embarrassing your dads are? It's like, come on, dad. Why'd you publicly ask for prayers? I'm going through a little spat in my relationship. It's like the least they can do is go to church in peace, right? Well, I'll tell you what. I got a couple other stories for you. I'm trying to decide what I want to cover next. We have a Cheerios lawsuit it's breakfast, though. I don't want you to be, I mean, technically, statistically speaking, somebody is listening to this podcast right now eating Honey Nut Cheerios, and you're not going to like this story. By the way, I love Honey Nut Cheerios, but this this bullshit that they say it helps lower your cholesterol, cholesterol and it's good for your health, how are they even allowed to post all of that? No, it's not. It's just not. I'd love to know the study. It just can't be true. I don't believe it. Cereal's too good. There's no way. Anyway, here's the story I'm going to share with you uh, from TMZ. Your cereal is filled with pesticide. General Mills has been hit with a class action lawsuit claiming Cheerios contains a harmful pesticide, which some angry customers say definitely ain't good for the heart. Well, of course. I mean, they're mascots that that honey, who, you know, it's the honey with the little honeycomb when he sprinkles the honey all over your Honey Nut Cheerios. I mean, they got to need pesticides so the honey doesn't have to deal with all the flies, right? Do I have that right? I don't know. If, I don't know if that's true. In the documents obtained by TMC, plaintiff Stephen Epstein alleges that GM has been manufacturing, marketing, and distributing the huge popular oat-based cereal brand without making it clear that it's laden with dangerously high levels of a particular pesticide known as chloramiquat chloride, which he claims independent studies have confirmed to be present. Oh, this is not a good story. I, I am so sorry for those that are in the middle of some honey nut cheese. In the documents, New York native Epstein says when he bought a box of Cheerios from the store in January, he had no reason to suspect that it contained chloramiquat chloride based on the product's advertising, marketing, and listed ingredients. 
He says, chloramiquat chloride is linked to causing problems with fetal growth in the nervous system. Oh, well, maybe that's what happened. Maybe Jane Doe was eating too much uh, uh, Honey Nut Cheerios. And next thing you know, the fetal growth disappeared and, you know, whatever. Epstein claims that if he had known that Cheerios contained dangerous levels of the pesticide and the potential harm that could result from ingesting it, either wouldn't have purchased it at all or would have been willing to pay significantly less for it. So they call this a class class action. So does that mean other people are involved here? Epstein is trying to, oh, he's trying to put together a class action. It's looking for millions in damages for what he claims are material misrepresentations and omissions in marketing the popular cereal. Um, we've really we've reached out to General Mills for comment. So far, no word back. Listen, I've had General Mills before. Can I be part of this class action lawsuit? Because the only thing more American than eating Cheerios is suing them after you do that. We'll be back with more content right after this. I had a blast yesterday interviewing my next guest for Driving with Dave. It's non-bachelor related, but it's very fascinating. I interviewed Lucy Sinshimmer, and she is the booker for Zanies, which is a very famous comedy club. She actually books multiple locations between Chicago, Nashville, and Alabama. Well, we talked a lot about sort of the ins and outs of putting together a stand-up show, what it's like to date comedians, and, you know, just a little bit of a different vibe about pursuing jobs based on what you love. She loves comedy. She didn't want to do stand-up, so she got into booking, all from being an intern and rising her way up at a very young age, might I say, to knowing kind of what is working out there with the up-and-coming stand-up comedians. I mean, I'm telling you right now, it's a very interesting conversation. One of my favorites I've had since being in Nashville, and you're going to love it. So that'll be up Saturday, tomorrow, Saturday morning, both here on the podcast and the YouTube version on the Dave Neal Show. All right, well, I've got one last Bachelor story to get to, but let's go to a little bit more of a somber story. It's the trial for the Rust Armorer, the movie Rust where Alec Baldwin uh, negligently, some are saying, or are completely not his fault, but he fired a gun, a prop gun on the set of an old Western movie, which ended up tragically killing the cinematographer. You guys might remember this. We've been covering it. Well, now there's an emotional testimony from somebody on set, the first assistant director on the set of Rust, who handed Alec Baldwin the gun that was ultimately fired at Helena Hutchins, just took the stand in the Armorer's trial and he cried. Have a listen. After you heard the gun go off, um, tell us what you saw in terms of the reaction by uh, Ms. Hutchins and Mr. Souza. <laughs> Ms. Hutchins is approximately is to my left, uh, maybe three feet, three feet away. Uh, it was my recollection that I might have been the first person to her. She was on the ground. Perhaps uh, Ross Ego might have been there, which would have made sense because he would—he was the dolly grip, and um, he would probably—he would have been close as anybody to Helena. Just a just a tragic tragic retelling of a tragedy that didn't need to happen. I mean, that's why they have an armorer on set, somebody to handle the guns, to make sure that these are blanks, which means they don't have any gunpowder in them. They just fire and make a loud noise. And yet 
she, I guess she's testifying that she checked them most of the time. Like I've said, I've worked on shows. I used to stand in all the time and do insert work on, on shows like White Collar, which means I would handle some guns. I would handle different things going on. And we would, you know, you shoot them, um, you know, you work with the production. And, and, uh, and every single time, I can remember clear as day, they give you the gun. It's almost like you're um, deal or no deal, right? They, have, they literally have like a locked briefcase. They open it up. They give you the gun, they show you the chamber, they let you know there's no bullets in it. And in this case, I guess you're supposed to you're supposed to know that they're um, not lethal bullets. It's not up to the actor to know whether or not the, there's a lethal bullet in there when they're just doing their job. So he testified on behalf of pr- prosecution Thursday in New Mexico, and they are going after Hannah Gutierrez-Reed on manslaughter charges. And he gave a detailed description of his last interaction with Helena before she died. I mean, just complete, complete tragedy. All right. I mean, how do you move on from that? It's just an important story to continue telling you all about as it goes down. But uh, we do have a more, I guess, light story to end with this morning. And I have to tell you, it is a big day for our community, not just the deposition day, which again, will be live streaming at 8.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, 9.30 a.m. East Coast. Um, and we're just going to wait and see if Jane Doe shows up to her deposition. So that's what the whole live stream is going to be. I will give the patreon.com slash Dave Neal the private exclusive moment. We find out and we'll cover that. Plus tomorrow at 1 p.m. I'll be hitting the road for a very important interview. I'm doing a podcast with a very notable a podcaster, one of which I think you all are going to absolutely be rooting me on when you see who it is. And we will be covering the Clayton Eckert paternity scandal. So a very, very busy day ahead for me. But what a great way to end the week. All right, let's wrap it up with this stupid story. The Bachelor fans have a nasty theory that Joey is only keeping a girl around so that the show pays for his trip home. The Bachelor Nation has come up with this wild conspiracy that Joey took one girl through to hometowns so he could get home to Hawaii. Some Bachelor fans think his ulterior motive for choosing one girl is to hitch a ride. The highly anticipated part of the series where The Bachelor visits his remaining four women is just around the corner. In this week's episode, Joey sent Jen and Kelsey home, leaving four lucky women, Maria, Daisy, Kelsey, and Rachel. Joey will jet all over the states to visit each of the girls' hometowns to meet their friends and family, but one girl's place of birth is a little too close to home for Joey, leading fans to come up with a wild theory. Rachel lives in and is from Hawaii, where Joey currently lives. Now look, hey, this is how it works. This is how it works, folks. Every once in a while, you got to look into external factors to date someone. Well, I don't love their personality, but their parents have a house on the beach. Okay, well, I guess I could read a book whenever they annoy me. You know, Fans were surprised that Joey gave Rachel a rose in the ceremony, leading fans to question, does Joey like Rachel? Or does Joey want to go to Hawaii for free? I mean, is this not the dumbest uh, conspiracy ever? Well, we love a good dumb conspiracy. We'll have to see how it all plays out. Of course, we'll be here to cover it next week. And again, we'll be back this afternoon to wrap up your day. As I mentioned, we'll have that Tom Sandoval lawsuit and all it entails for you and some other content on Deposition Day, Friday, March 1st, 2024. We'll see you this afternoon. As always, I'm Dave Neal, and this is The Rush. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, don't. Join the free Facebook group, Dave Neal's Community. Got cash? 
Become a premium member at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Link in the description below. And don't forget to follow Dave on Instagram at dneals for upcoming stand-up shows. See you tomorrow on The Rush. We'll be right back.